This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. I am a brand warrior. I am proud of my craft. I achieve mastery through curiosity and continuous learning. I am courageous enough to speak up and stand up for what I believe in. I am clear on my purpose and personal values. I have a conviction to make an impact. I am kind to myself and others. I am creative and resourceful in how I solve problems. I am armed with super skills that help me promote and protect my brand's experiences. I used to be just an ordinary human being who stepped up and demanded more meaning from my craft. I am a brand warrior. Welcome to the Brand Warrior Revolution, a podcast hosted by Chantal Boerter that will feature guests and topics related to cultivating brand warriors. Hi, this is Chantal and welcome to this episode of the Brand Warrior Revolution. And today I have Tracy Borison as my guest. And I just hopelessly fell in love with Tracy. I met her on LinkedIn and she's been such a fantastic thinking partner for me and a coach in helping me think through my brand and think through the brand love brand. And I couldn't wait to get Tracy on this podcast to just chat to her. She is a CX professional that moved from corporate into this this world of freedom. But I'm going to ask Tracy, maybe Tracy, give us your elevator pitch of who you are and what you stand for. Oh, yes, I would love to. And I'm so excited to be here, Chantel. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'll consider myself an HX professional a human experience professional. And the reason is, I think Chantelle and I could talk about this concept probably for way longer than you guys want to listen to it. Um, but to me, we are all humans. We are all having a human experience. Human experiences happen in business. And so the whole concept of customer experience, it, it hinges on this concept of human experience. How are people experiencing your brand? How are they building a relationship with your business? And humans have a way that they build relationships with other humans. And they have those same ways they build relationships with businesses. And businesses have a brand experience that is created based on how they treat their own humans, their employees, how those employees work together, how the leadership lives the brand values, how the customers experience that, right? Like all of these things at the end of the day to me are human experience. And this is what I am all about. I am about people creating authentic human experiences that make work better for everybody. I love that. I love that. And Let's let's just start a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of the like the Euros journey today, and and you know in order to start with the dramatic arc, you know just there's a ton of stuff wrong in companies today. There's a, I mean I looked at the recent Gallup figures, and I mean I know I know you know people are tired of listening to, you know the engaged employees and you know disengaged employees and actively disengaged employees, but those figures are, 
I mean, the, the fact that the figures have stayed kind of stable for the last number of years and we haven't been able to crack, you know, what gives people joy and what sparks passion in them and, you know, what, what can turn them from an ordinary employee into, into a brand warrior. So let's start with your big bugbears about what's wrong in, in corporations. For me, it comes down to the simple concept of we are not allowed to be our authentic selves at work. And that's happening on two different levels. The corporate cultures are not built to create a safe enough space where people feel like they can come and just be their 100% unique selves and that it's safe to do so. But also there's so much societal narrative around how, what we're supposed to do to, I mean, what I, it reminds me, I did a blog post once uh, based on a Forbes article that I read and it was about climbing the corporate ladder. And I was reading it and I was like, like at least half of this is not something it, it's about caring about what other people think more than what about what's right for you. Um, and I think especially in the professional services, in the industries like finance, law, there's a lot of teachings that are just like kind of erase. How much of your personal personality can you erase? And then that will make you more successful in this career. And that is nuts. It's just as crazy. And like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a lady by the name of Alice Stevenson she started her own law firm and she's got tattoos and she wears what she wants and she's a mom and she's a good lawyer right and so she's actively trying to break down the stigma of you can't be a good lawyer unless you wear a suit and don't have tattoos and look exactly like this right and it's i mean i think when we think about it we know deep down that you don't have to look a specific way to be good at your job, but that's not the narrative that manifests in the work environment. And so when you hear those types of things all the time, you see certain apparel brands who will be like, we dress the professional woman. And they're like, well, I want to be a professional woman. So I have to dress like that. Right. And uh, I actually, one of my biggest pet peeves is the definition of professional and what even, what does that even mean? <laughs> right. And LinkedIn is moving, moving through that <laughs> is growing through that from being like this fuddy duddy professional platform where nobody talks about any other dimensions of their personality besides what they do at work. But you guys, best case scenario you work an eight hour day. And I know like if you're in corporate, you're probably, a lot of you are working more than eight hours a day. But if you work an eight hour day and you sleep for eight hours, again, which most of us don't do, but we really should. Um, of your waking hours, you were only working, you're working half of those. And, and there's been uh, this whole concept or, I mean, seriously, stop me whenever you want because I could go on and on and on. Um, this concept of work-life balance, which was based on, I spend 50% of my time at home and I spend 50% of my time at work, right? But what about the balance while you're at work? <laughs> I'm a full human 
at work. I'm not like my work at half of me. Humans don't come in halves. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. a full me at home and at work. Yeah, so I mean, if we if we take this authenticity um, comment of yours, and, and we say, okay, so so I'm I'm spending eight to ten hours at work, and you know, once I swipe my card or I log onto the corporate network, I'm kind of expected to leave my heart and my emotions, you know, at the door, and then, you know, be professional, comply, um, you know, depending on the leadership style, you know, be results orientated. Um, you know, focus on the KPIs and and essentially that then demands potentially that I'm not authentic for eight to 10 hours of the of the day. And, and, and you know, shifting from unauthentic, not being myself, not being a full human being to then going home. And now I need to be a full human being for my for my family. Don't you think that there's bigger issues in terms of you know, transit to put on this armor and then get the armor off. And I know Brené Brown talks about this, you know, this armor thing where it takes so long to get it on and off that, you know, sometimes we just keep it on. So like, you know, if I'm, if I'm pressured enough and I've been in corporate long enough and I've been damaged long enough, I just, you know, I actually changed my nature. Yeah. And so the way I like to look at it is if, if I go to work and I, I'm not being my authentic self. It's like there's a little tiny chisel that is just like tap, tap, tapping away. And there's certain things at work. Like I, I know there was one example for me at work where I was like, this is a big enough thing that is not aligned with who I am that I will stand up for it. And like, I'm not going to do that, right? Like I just won't. If you want to do that on a business capacity, that's up to you. It's your business, but I can't do that. It's just like so far removed from who I am. I can't. And so those are like really hard chisel knocks when people are like, hey, do this. And you're like, uh, no, you've hit like, you're so close to hitting my soft core <laughs> that I, no, I will draw the line at that. But the bigger problem is like all the tiny little chisels, they boop, boop, boop. I'm like, ah, I wouldn't do it that way, but I guess that's what we're expected to do. Or even I was, uh, I speak a lot about KPIs because I think a lot of KPIs are baloney and are made up just because it's a trackable number and not because it's actually a key performance indicator, which is what KPI stands for as a reminder for everybody. If it's not a key performance indicator, that's fine. You can track it. But as a manager, like as a vice president, I spent so much time tracking meaningless KPIs and not nearly enough time supporting my people as humans, right? Like supporting the people as humans was not even part of my job description. And because of who I am, I showed up to do that. But it's not part of part of what I came to do today which is actually crazy from a leadership perspective, notes to everybody who's a leader and everybody who's managing leaders, their job is to take care of the people. <laughs> how are they doing that? Um, that's a new, that's a new KPI, babe, that one, eh? <laughs> how much time did you spend taking care of your people today? Okay. Um, but it, it is this like soul, like that chip. And so you do, like you build an armor against that like constant little poke, right? But also imagine it like this. Something is like continually attacking you. Let's go back to like our human when tigers might have been attacking us. Something is continually attacking you. That takes energy. It might not take visual energy, but it takes energy. 
for you to defend yourself against that. So let's now say you spent eight, 10 hours actively defending yourself. How much energy you have left to deal with a three-year-old that doesn't want to eat his peas? You just don't. You, you used all of your energy. You used all of your energy today defending yourself at work. So it's not like you can just take that armor off and be at home because I, like, I don't even have the energy to take off my armor, right? Yeah, my yeah. energy is gone. And I have seen that. I have seen it. It like breaks my heart because I've seen it from my husband at work and he's working from home still. And I watch his energy just drain all day, all day. And a couple of times in the evening, he'll just be like, I'm sorry. Like, I have nothing. I have like, I have no, I have no patience. I have no energy. I have nothing. I have nothing to give you guys. And like, then think about it from this perspective, you guys, we have family members who can't give what they want to give to their family. And then they're feeling guilty. And then guess what? They wake up and do the whole thing again tomorrow. And pretty soon we just have like someone in a relationship feeling really guilty, another person not being able to get their needs met because all of that is wasted in the work environment. And it it makes me actually angry because it doesn't have to be like that. But the problem is we don't know enough about the people to create an environment for them that they can thrive in. And that's why I say leaders, it's leader's job to take care of the people. I should know enough about my employees to know how they thrive. And this doesn't mean you guys like I we're running a business. This does not mean that 100% of the time someone at work is doing something that totally lights them up, right? Like I run my own business and I don't do 100% of things that just light me up, right? Like it's, it's accounting. <laughs> There's things yeah. that you have to do, right? Yeah. And so it's not about that, but it's so that there's an opportunity for your employees to charge their battery. So let's, I, I like to use this example. A lot of businesses have the core value of cares about people. Well, do you care enough about your people that when they go home, they're productive husbands, productive fathers, right? productive community leaders, coaches, right? Like a lot of parents are coaching their kids, little league teams and stuff like that. These are other things we need energy for. That and should be a KPI. At, that should be a KPI, right? <laughs> yes. I, like, I think so. But I, like I said, I have very different opinions of how KPI should look, but we should have, like, look at your business. Do you have any KPIs that are related to the human experience? Is it, do you have KPIs that are related to how your employees are living your brand values? Have you hired employees that have matching brand values? Do you even know enough about your brand values to do either of those two things, right? Like there's so, at the end of the day, it all comes back to a human. And the thing that I'll tell you, the thing that's the most confusing for me is that we are all humans. (laughs) We We are all having a human experience, right? We all deal with frustration. We all deal with grief. We all deal with love and excitement and distraction. And we all deal with that, except we haven't built our work environments to support that, but we all are experiencing it. So we have the opportunity to create work environments where we accept that humans are humans and we build that environment to support them, or we 
try to pretend we're computers and we build a work environment for computers. But then I will tell you what, humans don't thrive in an environment that is built for robots. So let, let's 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 talk a bit about, you know, moving from, you know, where people find themselves um, trapped a little bit. I, I used to call it like, you know, my my corporate penitentiary. You know, I felt like really I was I was trapped in 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 a, in a corporate prison of sorts where, you know, I couldn't f I couldn't show up as myself. I was constantly told I'm high maintenance. I'm way too creative. I need to move slower. The organization can't think and move as fast as what I do. I need to grow more patience. I need to be less ambitious. Um, and you know, uh, let's just talk about. You know the people listening to this this podcast if they identify with that and if they identify with show i can't show up and be myself how, how do you start that journey to authenticity and to even discovering you know because we forget we we forget even what we like and what we don't like and what you know how how does one how does one start how, how did you do it how did you become more more authentic and sit better in your own skin and make different decisions so the first thing I want to say is that it's a journey. It's not just a little light switch we turn on and then all of a sudden we're our 100% authentic selves. And even for me, I always tell people there's no such thing as your 100% authentic self. You will do things. You have lived in society for X number of years old you are, right? You can't stop that from influencing you. But the, the goal at the end of the day. So when I work with my clients, one of my favorite things to watch them do is tell me what would they do? This is lots of things lots of people would do. What would you do? And when you get practice answering that question, yeah, and, and, and like, if you're working in a corporate environment, this doesn't necessarily mean that you get to show up at work the next day and be like, I'm gonna do it my way. But you know what your way is. And you can tell when you get opportunities to incorporate your way and again like one of the reasons i ended up leaving corporate was because the organization i was working for there was just too many roadblocks to me being able to do what i would do and i just couldn't get behind doing it not that way because again like for me it's all about the human experience and if you guys don't care the same amount about the human experience as i do then we're just not we shouldn't be in business together. And that's fine. It's also different. Every single human has a different set of values and they manifest in different ways. And it, it's about finding your tribe of people that are the same. Work for a company that believes the same things that you believe. But a company also then has to have the the gall to stand up and be like, this is what I believe. And I don't believe in this, right? And it's not gonna get, get celebrated um in a corporate work environment it's just like working overtime we believe we care about people which means you don't work overtime right you take your four weeks of vacation every year if you take your four weeks of vacation we'll give you an extra week because we care about people right and so anyway um now i got distracted and things that the corporation can do but for what you can do on on the very beginning of your path is the very first thing to realize is that you do not need to be more or less anything. You don't need to move slower. I had this conversation with my dad this weekend because 
he constantly gets told that he moves too fast. And I had someone recently tell me that like, every time I talk to you, it's like I'm on the train. The Tracy train is just like, Psh, and I can't figure out how to get on it. And my immediate response, my my thought, I did not say this out loud to this person, but my response to that was like, maybe you're not meant to be on the Tracy train. Like, it's not my job to slow down the Tracy train so everybody can get on it. It's my job to, to be the Tracy train. And if people want to ride the Tracy train and come on let's go but like even most of my clients are people who move fast and their brains move like that right there are people like that there are other people who are like that who want to come and work for your company being a marketing coordinator and things like that so it's not about changing any of those things about who you are it's about embracing those things and, that, and that's the very first thing you need to do, because if you're going into a work environment, you continue to think that you have to be more this or less that or well, I don't even like saying that it makes it like it's not the road to inauthenticity to pretend to be something you're not. Right? That's not yeah. the point. The point is to for us to create organizations built around people to maximize their strengths. Right. Yeah. Somebody moving fast is a strength. Somebody who can brainstorm and be creative, that's a strength. You don't need everybody in your company to be able to do that. But then yeah. you also need to be able to teach everybody to say like, okay, this is how this person functions. This is their role in this company. And you might sit in a meeting and be completely lost <laughs> while they talk it out because their head is going like this. And don't worry, we're going to bring it back at the end. So it makes sense. So you can go do you're a doer, you're going to go do the thing you want to do and feel great about doing it, right? It's it's about finding ways. I mean, I think when we can all embrace who we are and accept that our goal in working together, collaborating, is to embrace those things, we have an opportunity for creative problem solving. How can we make these things work together? That's the question we ask. We don't say, how can I change this thing? How can I change this human? How can I tweak this personality so it fits within my corporate culture? No, if you really want what this person has to give, your question is, how do I make this work? It's the yeah. same problem I have with politics. I don't think enough people are asking the question, how do I make this work? Yeah. In, in Alberta, yeah. in Canada, I'm Canadian and we just had this big federal election and then there's always oil and gas versus the environment. And I'm like, I just don't understand why these have to be versus. Why can't we just, is nobody asking the question about how these two things could live happily together? Because I'm pretty sure there's a way they could do that, but nobody's thinking that way. Just how can we make that happen? Um, and when we're all aligned, I know um, Chantelle, you do a lot of work with this and the brand love team is how can we bring all these people together towards that goal? That's the point. The point is for us to reach this goal and to be authentic to our values, live true to our values, both as humans and as a corporation. And then how we get there is creative problem solving on how we bring all of those things together because it is unique for each human. It's unique for each combination of humans, each team. It's unique for every organization. It's, it's, a, it's an organism. And so much business has been based on, well, if we just be exactly like this, we'll be good. Um, so the very first step is to try and erase that. 
coming. I love, I love your reference to that organism. I'm listening to you and I'm having a sort of an inner chuckle because I work with so many CEOs that come to me and say, Chantal, we need your help. And I go, what's the matter? And they go, our people are all broken. I go, all of them. <laughs> They're all broken. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's like, really, like, I think it's that organism and that's a, it's that ecosystem. And so many CEOs, I mean, what I do with CEOs is, you know, my, kind of my first question is like, how much do you care? You know, on, on your give a shit meter, just tell me on your give a shit meter, how much do you really care about the people? Because, you know, people yearning for this reset button to say, listen, this organism of mine isn't healthy. And, you know, we, we need to fix. And it's never just one thing that you fix, you know, to create that environment where, where humans can, can thrive again. And over time, I think these the, the systems and the processes and the ways people engage have eroded so much that, you know, some CEOs come to me and say, Chantal, I need I need a, like a complete overhaul. Just like find the re, re, reboot button. Let's switch off the system. Let's install new new software and let's reboot it up again because that's almost, you know, humans are running on totally outdated software in companies. Like like the humanware is is outdated and 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 mm -hmm. some companies have just not they've not nurtured it they haven't upgraded it and that organism is 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 broken yeah i mean like if we want to use a technology reference i'm like what's your human operating system right we're going to focus so much on like what our version of ios we're running but we're not looking at the human operation system like the, yeah. there's a human operating system in your business Did, even if you have two employees, <laughs> there's a human operating system in your business. Have you looked at it? Have you, does it have a health check, <laughs> right? This is the problem. And I think the other, the thing that really breaks my heart is when we think this concept that people can be broken, right? Like, I just don't believe that any human is broken. It, it makes people feel like the way that they are, something that's true to them is wrong. Like I, I move too fast. My brain works the wrong way. My, I need more time to process. All of these things that are really just like a feature of you, it's, it's not a pro or a con. It's you. You're not broken because you move slower than me. You're not yeah. broken because you need to understand why before you can get your full effort behind a project. This, that's, that's not, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. Right? Yeah. But don't, yeah, you think, don't you think, don't you think there's a ton of fear just sitting behind that statement? I think leaders are so, they're so frustrated and it's almost like, you know, the leaders that we work with, they don't have the full skill set to, to, to sometimes work with some of these compl complexities of the, of the human operating system. I think, you know, this command and control um, style of, you know, I, I give you a set of KPIs and I give you a job description and I give you your, your targets for the year and you go away and you deliver those targets. Otherwise you're, a, you're an underperformer. And, and I think there's a lot of lack of self acceptance and acceptance in organizations. I mean, if I, if I, if I look at how much time I spent just like, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Please see me. I'm good enough. I'm, I'm doing this well. I'm, and, and, and the, the whole, the whole organism hasn't been designed to give me feedback, to give me acknowledgement, to, to nurture me, to support me when times are tough emotionally, to allow some of these emotions to, 
to just be be heard and be be seen you know so i just think there's a ton of fear and uh, fear is the number one reason we don't do things right and this is i think specifically when it comes to leadership we've built up this persona ideal persona for leaders in that we are above other people right and so we're afraid we could be we become afraid that someone is going to usurp us right but again when i think about the most productive teams i have been on i'm like sure there's a reporting structure for you have problems or escalations or whatever but it's pretty flat and i'm a big believer personally in 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 specializations in that i am a specialist in human experience. So I can help coach leaders on how to bring brand values to life, their organization. I can do that. I can't do all jobs. I'm not good at all things. And when people, even people like my husband, he works for a really big company. I use him a lot. He doesn't listen to podcasts, (laughs) luckily, or he'd know how much I talk about him. But he works for a very big company in middle management which quite honestly, I think is the most challenging position because it's this weird sandwich of accountability, but not really related to the human operating system. And like, to me, it's annoying. I think it just all middlemen. We should look at our organizer. Like, why do we even have these people in this? Like, why did we create the sandwich? Is this necessary? What if we had specialists who do things and we honor them? Like my husband, he doesn't like managing people. He just got a new role where he just can do analysis. And he's like, the man is the king of an Excel spreadsheet. This guy can make an Excel spreadsheet do amazing things. And so why can't we just celebrate him for that? Why can't we just celebrate the analytical part of his brain? In order to progress in your career, you have to move up and manage people. Not every person is meant to manage other people. There are people who are specifically gifted at caring about the human experience and helping people implement that it's not for everybody to do it shouldn't be everybody's career goal but we've again we've built this hierarchy where you need to move up you need to move up can't i just like continually give my star analyst like job increases and celebrate him for who he is and how we wouldn't be able to operate this department if we didn't have that analysis because like I'm not going to do it, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. I Sometimes I wonder how his eyes aren't all buggy because he just stares at spreadsheets all day and he loves it, right? And it, it's just, again, like this concept of we're all, we should all try to be the leader unless we're all going to be entrepreneurs. That is never going to happen. And there's some people who don't want to be that. There's some people who do just want to go to work. They want to depend on someone else to pay their bills and everything, right? Like, and that's like, let's give, let's give everybody the space to achieve this, what success looks like for them instead of what we've defined success looks like is everybody be a CEO, which I think is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this. I love this story. I, um, my husband gave me a, a, a kitchen knife last year that was made by a sixth generation samurai sword maker. Now, samurai swords used to be, you know, it used to be a great honor to have a sword. And, you know, the, the swords makers were 
you know, that's a that's a really important craft in, in Japan, but it's it's kind of become probably a little bit uncool to, you know, make swords and they're not used in battle. It's not cool anymore to chop people in half if you don't like them, you know, so. So um, this, was it this, cool? I, I don't know. I don't it know. But it was celebrated. It kind of was kind of the done thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was celebrated. Um, this is a hint about KPIs, guys. What absolutely. gets celebrated is what turns into habits. Absolutely. So, so I mean, this 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 uh, sword maker ha has transformed himself into making kitchen knives, and and that's the craft. And you know, he he. I think just that pride in this craft and how, you know, there's obviously a, a lot of spiritual things in terms of, you know, the soul of a knife and how they how they fuse the metal so that the soul is in the knife and and the knife goes with a family and these generations of children that'll that'll use the the knife and it's it's so much more because there's a story around this knife but I fundamentally believe we we've lost that craftsmanship unless you are absolutely on purpose and doing what you absolutely love. I think people just, you know, they just do what's what's there and they kind of go on autopilot and and survive. But it's it's almost this, yeah, this calling to go back to your craft. And I think that's what you've done, certainly in terms of how you lead people in discovering their own brands, in finding their essence, in, you know, kind of getting rid of some of the old skin that you know that's that's no longer serving people so i think you've you've just done that brilliantly reinvented yourself around you know this craft of helping people discover their their brands and their essence and their voice well i appreciate that um and i do even even for me it was a journey right like i worked in marketing for a very long time and advertising right and I always felt it's actually really interesting because I did a LinkedIn live last week and it was the first time I like, cause I, I talk about things to learn things. That's how thoughts uh, happen for me. And I was talking cause for so long, I was like, what is my, like, it's kind of marketing, but I never really felt like it was marketing. And then I was like, am I part of marketing? What is this all about? And the conversation we were having was actually about so my education is in marketing research. And I, I, I'm always frustrated by how people are doing marketing research because most people are doing it wrong. Um, but the thing that I didn't, I hadn't connected the dots was that to me, marketing research is about learning about people. <laughs> it's about learning about people and everything that I have had fun doing in my life is related to learning about people whether that's asking a question on a survey or having a coffee chat or like speaking to people at a trade show, like all of these things, all of the things that like lit me up inside were related to learning about people. And then, so like, think about this, think about this right now. I don't have a, I have a background in marketing research. I don't have a background in human resources. Um, but my passion and interest in life is learning about people. So how can I do that, right? Like my answer was to start my own company and learn about people and, and help other people learn about people, um, including themselves. But it, it's, there's no reason why a role like that can't exist in a big organization. Like my husband's company has 170 something thousand employees. 
you're not you can't tell me you can't hire one person who's responsible <laughs> for learning about the people of course you can of course you can you have the budget for that and so this is just like they might have somebody in that organization who would be a perfect fit for that job right now they just haven't learned enough about the people <laughs> to know that and it's it's how, in my opinion, it's how you build good succession plans. It's how you get people in the right seats on the bus, right? It's how you have people asking questions about why, like, what is this? Like, what? why do we do this, right? And again, like, the reason we don't ask those questions is because there's so much fear. Yeah. Well, what if, what if that is a bad thing to do? do something different. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. better? And again, like this is a place where I get confused. Wouldn't it be better it better for someone to come in and new employees? This is like my favorite thing about new employees because when a new employee comes in and they look at your systems, they will tell you what doesn't make sense to them. That's a learning opportunity. We could do something like way better because this person got to show up and be like, hey, okay, I know I'm junior. I know I'm new, but I have a different perspective, a unique perspective that is valuable. And yeah. when as a leader, I can treat all perspectives as valuable and I need all of them because they're all different, then we get to be better as an organism because we have all of those contributing parts. But let's look at the human body quickly as an organism, right? Human body, organism, lots of things are interconnected. I'm just walking, well, I'm not walking around with a broken leg. I'm hobbling around with a broken leg. The rest of my ecosystem is not working properly. I'm now putting too much weight in my other knee. My hips are weird. And then my whole back posture is off, right? Like all of the parts of the ecosystem need to function at their optimum capacity. And so every human in your organization needs to function at their optimum capacity. The trouble with that is that there's not one measurement for what is optimum capacity for a human. Yeah. Right? Every single person is different. And if we yeah. don't put the effort into figuring out what optimum capacity is for human A versus human B, we can't we can't ever have optimum capacity for the organism. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's a good, that's a really good analogy. So Tracy, I have absolutely loved, loved, loved being on the Tracy train this afternoon. And thank you for your for your passion. The the more passionate you get, the faster you speak. And it's absolutely amazing. It's like it's like on a journey on the Tracy train. And sometimes it goes very fast and sometimes it's it's like deeply you can feel the heart coming through. I have one last question for you. And we're gonna do this a little bit playfully. So if you could prepare an elixir of sorts in a little, you know, like a cauldron and you could stir stuff and there's like things bubbling out and this elixir could like do something amazing and you could just make this magic potion. What would your magic potion do for the world? My magic potion would make people believe that they are perfect the way they are. Oh, I love that. I love and I that. just... You know what's cool about that when I think that is that it's it's what I do and it's not an elixir you can drink but that is what I do with my coaching my this is a seriously what I'm meant to do in life the spaces I create the time I spend with people to me it's all about 
you having more confidence in who you are exactly as you are today than you did at the, be in the beginning of the conversation. And yeah. if everyone had that, if every leader had that, they wouldn't be afraid to use the resources that their employees are. If every single employee did that, they would show up and have much more fulfilling work and they'd have more energy to bring home to their families or their community or their cat or their dog or wherever you want to spend your energy. No one right way to spend your energy. But it's about that human gets to decide. And I, in my heart, I believe every single human is perfect the way they are. And if I could get this elixir out to the world, so everybody could believe that about themselves and also about other people, um, that they don't have to change. I don't have to change anything about myself to have a friendship or have a relationship with another human. Then uh, I just imagine it being such a beautiful world. Yeah, I love that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Tracy, let's just do it. Like with your, with your vaccine, while you get vaccinated, yes. have one, have one, have one teaspoon of this. That's going to make you just believe in yourself and, and, and just, and just realize your own magic and your own, own self-worth. So I have just loved spending this time with you. Thank you for yeah sharing your passion and thank you for, yeah, just being being so authentic and being being yourself and and being the Tracy train I love I love that thank you Chantel it was just very fun conversation and if anybody is looking for more of this you can find me on LinkedIn I'm talking about it all the time stunning stunning and we'll put some we'll put some links in the in the in the podcast description so that's a wrap for today everyone thank you for joining us and do tune in for the next episode of the brand warrior revolution thanks for joining the brand warrior revolution podcast with Chantal Buerta join us for the next episode thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M radio be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.